Alright, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash ringslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash ringslore, expressvpn.com slash ringslore to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Welcome back to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. I'm excited to get into today's episode because we've been talking about such grand and large ideas. And even in the last episode, when we were bringing the elves to Valinor, we were talking about large groups. Remember the Vanyar, the Noldor, the Teleri, the first group, the second group, and the third group, and the divisions of those groups. And and yes, we did have some in individual names. We've got the leaders of those groups, the kings of those different groups. We have Ingwe, Finway, and Finway is definitely going to come up in this episode, and Elway, and a few other names. But for the most part, we were talking about groups. And in other previous episodes, we did talk about individuals, but those individuals often were Valar, these large spiritual forces. And the reason I'm excited about this episode is because for the first time in this show, we're starting to really narrow down into individual stories, individual characters. And in, I guess, in typical Tolkien fashion, the character that we're going to be talking about this in this episode I think you're going to realize that, or, or maybe just notice that there are some similarities here with another character that, well, I, I guess this character is going to meet. Um, and 
I'm sure you can hear the birds chirping and, and some of these uh, nature sounds around me. I, this has been kind of the thing. I hope you guys are into this whole setting up the episode with some some settings. But this setting around me, the nature, the, the pleasant sounds of Valinor, the city sounds of the elves going about their business, walking around outside in the middle of the day, <laughs> the funny animal, whatever that was in the distance, um, th- those kinds of sounds, the, you know, dealing with the regular stuff they have to do as creatures that have to eat and <laughs> trade with animals and hunt and meet with other, other elves and, and go about their city business. All of that is going to come a little bit later in the episode because in order to set up where we're going, with the character that I will introduce in a minute, we have some unfinished business with everybody's favorite Valar. And, well, used to be Valar. Enemy of the Valar. Melkor. I think this uh, is probably the more uh, accurate setting for what we're about to discuss. You guys remember Melkor. Last time we talked about Melkor, he, um, sorry, I'm kind of huddled here underneath a, an awning. He, um, he was chained up. You remember this. The big battle before they brought the elves to Valinor. They locked him in the halls of Mandos. For a very long time. This has been hundreds of years in the ages, uh, well, in the years of the trees. And this is a tricky topic when you talk about the years and how much time has gone by at this time in the world. But this is a very long period of time here. After a few hundred years now, the elves who have made it to Valinar have set up their homes. They've been living here in splendor in this heavenly city and and countryside. This is a entire continent, basically, where they've established their lives. In this time period, characters like Galadriel have been born in Valinor. They did not know Middle-earth. And during this time period, Melkor has been locked away. And so much time has gone by now that It has come time for Melkor to, well, go to trial and, uh, in typical Melkorian fashion, he's brought before Manway and he feigns repentance and Manway if you remember, is so close to the mind of Iluvatar that he cannot comprehend the evil of Melkor. He cannot begin to imagine what it would even be like to pretend to repent, to fake being sorry for something. And to still harbor ill will after all these ages. 
And so Melkor is freed. And I just can't imagine <laughs> what this would have been like. The one power that you have been fighting against in all of this time, the one who has been striving against the creation of everything that you've been doing since you've come into the world sits before you and says, you're right. I'm wrong. I've changed. I know I did bad. <laughs> you're right. I mean, of, of course he's going to say that, right? But we know that. But Manway doesn't because he has no sense of evil in him at all. Now, what's interesting here is that Tolkis and Olmo, they're still suspicious. They're very slow to forget Melkor's evils because they understand more of the world. Olmo is of the sea. He's of the world. He gets it. Tolkis, the warrior, he understands the driving instinct to battle, to break. And he knows that Melkor is not actually broken. And this sets the stage for our story today. Because Melkor is released. Not to go wherever he wants. He must stay among the Valar. They're going to watch him. But he now can walk among the elves. And if you remember... There is no one that Melkor resents, not even Manway, more than the elves. Because he knows that they hold a special place in Iluvatar's heart, higher than Iluvatar ever held Melkor. And he is jealous of them. But he doesn't tell them that. He bides his time. He has learned to become more patient. So he befriends them. And this is a theme we're going to see. And I, I, I bring up these themes because I want you to put them in your pockets. And these kinds of stories will come again and again. And we will see echoes of them. And if you, if you don't know what happens in the Second Age, and you don't know what's going to be happening in the stories that will be revealed in the Amazon Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power stories that we're going to start to get to see this fall. Keep this, keep this story in your, in your back pocket because that series is not about the first age. It's not about what's going on here, but there will be echoes of these things. Now, as Melkor is walking around among the elves, he's getting to know them and he's, talking with them. And of course, they're suspicious of him. But his influence is starting to be felt among the elves. And we start to get to know some of the elves. In the Silmarillion, we begin to get names. And the first and most important elf that we learn about is Feanor. Feanor, and I think that you guys are going to find an echo here, is the firstborn son of the Noldor, the Noldorian king. <laughs> I almost said Noldorian and then I decided to commit to it. But the king of the Noldor, Finway. Remember, they're the middle group. 
They are the craftsmen. They are the second group to come to Amman, to Valinor. And a lot of them made it there. Vanor is very, very interesting. He is the only child of Finway and Finway's first wife, Muriel. Muriel died. She passed away in childbirth. It is thought that Fanor, his spirit was so strong that her body and her spirit could not handle giving life to Fanor and survive. And for some of you, this might be the first explanation you hear about that you get that you've seen or or heard about elves giving up their lives. We know that they are eternal. And in this situation, Muriel, she's not killed. The childbirth does not kill her. It's not like she died from blood loss or something like that. She died due to her spirit giving up on life. And she's a very interesting character here. This comes from the Silmarillion. It says Muriel was the name of his mother, Fanor, whose original name was Kuru Finway. And Kuru Finway is a a name that means uh, it's actually a father name, which is a, a type of name, right? Kuru means skill. And his father's name was Finway, right? So skill, Finway, so like his father, but also skilled, roughly. Um, but it goes on. It says, uh, Muriel was the name of his mother, who was called Serinde, because of her surpassing skill in weaving and needlework. So she herself was extremely skilled, and she chose to use her skill in weaving and needlework. For her hands were more skilled to finesse than any hands, even among the Noldor. And she seemingly passed some of this on to her son. Fanor is the greatest of the elves to have ever lived. And I'm just going to lay that down right here. And it's, it's tough for me to talk in these kinds of extremes. I, I make a point in my own life not to talk in extremes because most of the time when you say, oh, that's the best thing ever, that's a lie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very hard to get to these extremes. But Tolkien is very clear when he talks about Feanor. Feanor was the most gifted of all of the elves. He was the greatest craftsman of the elves to have ever have lived. He was the most renowned craftsman, gemsmith, and he was a great warrior. His name, Feanor itself means spirit of fire. And part of that could be because of his personality. He was extremely driven. He was extremely talented. But it also may have been part of just who he was. His consuming spirit, even in his birth, consumed his mother. And Finway was was brought to extreme grief because of this. He loved Muriel deeply. She was extremely skilled. 
She was extremely beautiful. She was unique in some very interesting ways. She had silver hair, which is very unique for the, for the Noldor. Fan, um, Fanor is described as having very, very dark, almost black hair. Muriel's hair was silver. And you have to remember, at this point in the histories, death is not something that the elves have had to deal with almost ever. They have not gone to war. They do not grow old. So for someone like Muriel to have exhausted her spirit and to have given up her life is very unique at this time in history. So basically she is laid down in the year 1170 in Finway's gardens. He has a, a kind of a palace on the outskirts of the city on the, the outer edge of the city and her spirit peacefully departs and heads to the halls of Mandos where she and only, only a very few number of elves actually end up at this point in the story. And Finway takes a while, but eventually he remarries and he has a number of other children, but Fanor is only half sibling to these other children. And there's from that point on, Forms of rivalry between the groups. He never feels 100% part of the rest of the family. And so that's the beginning of Fanor's story. And just to be clear here on the dates, I kind of rearranged this a little bit for a dramatic effect. Fanor is born during the early years of the trees in Valinor, 1169 is actually the date of the year of the trees. It's not for quite a while longer that Melkor is actually released from his imprisonment. That's 1400. So remember every year of the tree is roughly 10 actual years. So this would have been a significant period of time later that Melkor is set free. So Feanor grows to adulthood in a time where Melkor is not, walking around. So I just wanted to make sure that that was clear, but Feanor's story begins in tragedy. And I'm sure you can guess where things probably go from there. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. 
Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you stick around for the second half because that's where things really start to pick up. And man, the stories from this point on just get so, so good. I, there's so much awesome content about things that happen in the first and second age. And we only ever got novels about things that happened at the end of the story in the third age. There's just so much good content out there. I'm so excited to share it all with you, but thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you to our patrons. We have some brand new patrons over just this last week who signed up. So big welcome to Veronica P and Arian. Welcome to the Patreon. I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we've got some, we got a new review in. This one's from Australia from Locha Walker, who wrote awesome with two exclamation marks, five stars. This is on Apple Podcasts. Once again, awesome podcast, huge fan of the Witcher podcast. So the Witcher Lorecast and the Fallout Lorecast. Can't recommend robots enough. Covers everything in a great way. Absolute legend. Well, thank you so much, Locho Walker. Loco Walker? Locho? It's a CH. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, yeah. And for those of you who I, I don't introduce myself very much on this show, I try to keep it kind of focused on the content. I go by robots on the internet. That's why it's robots radio. Uh, but Tom, I often just say I'm Tom on here. But yeah, so when people say, hey, it's robots, that's that's me also. Um, but thank you so much. And if you'd like to help support the show, leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, five stars helps out a ton. If you leave a message on there with a review, I will read it out on a future episode of the show in order to say thank you to you for taking the time. It's always fun to read your words on the show. And then on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify and you take the time to scroll up to the top where you can see all the different episodes, there's a little section on there, especially on your mobile browser. I don't know that this works on desktop yet, but everyone's probably listening on the phone. You can leave a little five-star review on there as well. That helps a ton. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to do that on the patron episode. Just a reminder, if you are a patron or you would, you're thinking about signing up on Patreon, there is a bonus episode every week. This week, we got some really cool uh, questions here from Spencer B. Um, based on last week's episode, I will be taking the time in this week's bonus episode to answer questions about things like why did Iluvatar place the elves so far away from Valinor? Or is there more land to the east? Or do we ever get more information about the Avari? Or why were the Noldor and the Tillyri physically further behind on the journey to Valinor? Like, he's got some really good questions here. And I'm going to dig into the things we do and the things we don't know about those questions on the bonus episode this week. So if you're interested in that, you're welcome to sign up on the Patreon. Um, if you 
want to discuss these questions, that's not the only way to hear more about it, either in the comments section of the patron episodes or in my discussion on the bonus episodes. There's always the Robots Radio Discord, and there's a channel for the Lord of the Rings Lorecast on there as well. You guys are welcome to share the knowledge that you have and some of your theories about some of these things, because there's information we definitely know, and then there's information that we can speculate about, because there are things that Tolkien never really told us. So... I'd love to have you join us on there as well. But thanks again to everyone and all of your support. Let's get on with the rest of the episode. Feanor's story is long and complex, and we're not going to be able to cover the whole thing in 30 minutes. And his story is actually the cornerstone for the majority of what else happens, or maybe not cornerstone. Catalyst is probably the right word. Fanor is the catalyst for the events of, well, let's, hmm, is one of the catalysts for the events of the first age. Let's leave that there. And I'm going to explain why that makes sense. You see, Feanor was a great craftsman. I've mentioned that before. He studied under Matan, who was another elf, an older elf, somebody who was a great craftsman of the Noldor. And Matan studied directly at the feet of Aule, the Valar, or the Vala. Aule was the best craftsman of, of all. He created the dwarves. Like, that is a feat almost on the level of Iluvatar creating the elves and the men, right? That, like, he is a craftsman of the Valar. And here we have Feanor, the spirit of fire, the most capable, the most talented, the most driven of the elves ever to have lived. And he decides that he is going to do a great work. And by this time in his life, he's already done great works, including creating what is called the Tengwar writing system. The Tengwar writing system is attributed to Feanor. The elves didn't have a writing system until Feanor came around. They spoke and they sang, but nobody wrote things down. Feanor invented writing. That's how much of a genius Feanor was. He wasn't just a craftsman. He was a genius. He figured out how to do things that nobody had ever done before. And if I were to ask you, what things inspire you? Most people will say beauty, power, And what things in the world were both the most beautiful and the most powerful things ever created that the elves lived right next to? We had an entire episode about this. The two trees of Valinor. Do you remember those? They took turns lighting up the sky. These were the greatest creations of the Valar. Laurelin, Telperion, Laurelin the Golden Tree, 
it would light up and Talperion the silver would dim and then they would take turns. These trees were gigantic and they lit the world and the elves only knew the starry night sky until they began to get closer and closer to Valinor. Can you imagine that approach crossing the ocean on a floating aisle as you got closer and closer to these trees? Now, Feanor was not on that journey because he was born in Valinor. He only ever knew the light of the trees. And he was inspired by them. He wanted to craft a machine an object, something that could capture the light of the trees and hold on to it forever. Because what is more valuable than the light of the trees? So he created jewels, these gems called the Silmarils. That's why the book is called the Silmarillion. It's the story of the Silmarils. Thus, the story of the first age, the story of the Silmarils. This is the cornerstone. This is the catalyst for everything else that happens from this point on. And Feanor puts all of his, all of his knowledge, all of his work into the crafting of these three gems. And it's said that their beauty could never be recreated again. There will never be another elf. And even Feanor himself doesn't know that he would ever be able to create or recreate something as beautiful as these three gems. They are so perfect, and they have so perfectly captured the light of the trees. And the creation of these Silmarils was celebrated by the elves. Feanor was a rock star. He was a celebrity. They already knew who he was. He was a great craftsman. He was a genius. He wrote their writing system for them. He was probably a little cocky, but kind of like Tony Stark. He probably deserved it a little bit, you know? But here, this was his magnum opus. You could take the light of the trees with you in these gems. And the elves celebrated this. And the creation of these gems, well, the idea wasn't just Feanor's idea alone. You see, it had been a number of years that Melkor was out and about before these gems were crafted. And if we look at the timeline, Melkor is set free from imprisonment in the year 1400. And in about 1410, he starts to befriend some of the elves of the Noldor. You see, Melkor knew that the Vanyar were too (laughs) goody-goody. They were the the goody-goody elves. They reminded him too much of Manwe. And Melkor knew that the Teleri were fine. They were seafarers. At this point, they were living on the coastlines. They were okay, but the Noldor were the ones who reminded him the most of himself, craftsmen with great aspirations. And you've probably already seen this coming. 
There's one elf among all of the elves who reminded Malkor the most of himself. The greatest among them. The one with the most aspirations. The most potential. Feanor. Now, Feanor wasn't an idiot. Feanor knew that Melkor was not to be trusted. He was a smart guy. He knew that Melkor could feign repentance. But Melkor knew that the Noldor were willing to listen because they were eager for knowledge and information, and that the things Melkor would share with some of the Noldor would make it to the ears of others. And what originally started as a celebration of a great feat of craftsmanship eventually turned into a a toxic thing for Feanor. Maybe that's the best way to, to describe it, because it's explained that it, Feanor at, at one point early on would vainly display the jewels. He would walk around proudly with these because they were something that he was proud of and he wanted to display them for everybody. But then as these rumors started to circulate and words got to his ears, he began to jealously guard them, especially from his immediate family, from his siblings. He was worried that others would try to take them from him and not just take the Silmarils from him, but from his place as the eldest son of Finway. You see, he had a lot to lose. And in having a lot to lose... He had a lot to distrust of others. And Melkor knew this. And he was able to play on all of these insecurities. Because Melkor had two goals. One, he wanted the Silmarils for himself. And two, he knew that the elves were not the only children of Iluvatar. There was another group coming. And if he could keep the groups divided, if first he could keep the uh, elves divided amongst themselves, then that's a win. But if he could forever keep the elves separated from the men, wherever the men would show up, whatever the second group of children were, then even better. And it all began with playing the pride of Fanor against his siblings. And this was just the first step. Keep them emotionally divided, then get them physically divided. And then maybe he could find a way to keep them all in the dark. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio, or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes, or just search Robots Radio Discord, or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.